0: Welcome to Off Code, the show where we ignore the cultural codes and have real and intriguing conversations regarding the Black community and ways we can move forward to human flourishing.
1: Welcome to another episode of Off Code. I am your co-host, Monique Dusan. And I am Kevin Briggins, and we have
0: another great episode today. Um, We are going to be talking about a topic that is somewhat controversial, but it's one that that needs to be had. Um, And I say it's controversial. I think everything we tend to talk about seems to be controversial, but today we're going to talk about homosexuality in gospel music and within the black church and kind of some of that history and kind of how it, you know, projects itself in the culture that we see today and kind of how it came about and some ways we can, you know, talk about how can we move forward on this topic. And so Without further ado, we have a special guest. Mo, won't you uh, introduce our guest for today?
1: We have Reverend Evan Spencer. Now, I came, um, I became aware of Reverend Evan when, gosh, I met him last year at Wilberforce Conference. He's actually married to um, Lisa Spencer who blogs and um, runs a ministry out in their hometown. And so I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, We think the the conversation is important because within the black church now, if y'all don't know, don't act like y'all knew. (laughs) There is a lot of undercover homosexuality in the black church and nobody's talking about it. Your choir director, your choir member, the person playing the piano, the organist, and we just all sit back. Now we'll talk about it in the kitchen. But nobody's talking about why little why little Tony always got a pressing curl and his nails is always done. Let's just y'all, we gonna talk being about real, it. be real, be real. Yes, and so we're gonna we're gonna dig into it a little bit. I know that we said on our last episode where we were talking about Kevin Samuel, so we would actually be talking about abortion today, and we're not. Um, Evan actually wrote in and said, hey, have you considered talking about anything regarding homosexuality since um, June is Pride Month? And I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. And you agree. So we brought him on. Now, today happens to be the day when the Supreme Court overruled or overturned the Roe versus Wade decision. And so we are praising God for that. Super thankful um, for his his provision in that um in that decision and we will be addressing black abortion because it does impact the black community severely Absolutely. but today we are going to um, talk about homosexuality so let's go ahead and bring on evan hello
2: good evening
1: thank you so much for being with us
2: Ah, uh, it's my pleasure
1: why don't we start out by having you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, I'm originally from Hartford, Connecticut, and, um, I've done some travel through the military, so, uh, I'm, uh, Western Virginia, and, uh, I've, I married in the past three years, lovely Lisa Spencer, as you've mentioned, and, um, also, um, I've been, uh, ordained with the conservative Baptist Association of America. Now the venture church network for about 20 over 25 years and I'm um, attending uh, together with my wife, uh, Christ, the King Presbyterian church here in Roanoke. So um, I'm glad to be here.
1: Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate you guys being here. All right now. One of the things that um, I recently learned about you is that you actually were an organist or may still be an organist. And I know that Lisa is also musical, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And in the conversation of homosexuality, especially in the black church, a lot of that conversation tends to center around the music ministry. Before we get into our conversation, I wanna show a small clip um, from a podcast that actually addresses the issues of homosexuality in the black church. So we're gonna do that and then we'll be right back and dig into this conversation.
3: The Hawkins family opened a storefront church in Oakland. They called it the Love Center. And unlike mainstream Pentecostal churches, the Love Center adopted the Bay Area's countercultural approach to sexuality. This is where the Hawkins family and the
2: sort of black Pentecostal community in the Bay Area is so
3: important for thinking about a new era in Christianity. In practice, same-gender loving brothers and sisters have been included at every juncture and in every phase of the life of our black churches. It's just kind of a don't ask, don't tell policy. The Love Center's choir in pews became a haven for gay and lesbian singers, like gospel musician Yvette Flunder, the daughter and granddaughter of pastors. Flunder felt deeply alienated from the Pentecostal church in which she'd been raised.
4: I came from a church that was just, don't. You just don't.
3: But you left the church for a time. Would you mind Mm -hmm. telling me about that?
4: I never had to leave church to be a same-gender loving woman. Mm -hmm. What made me an exile was because I decided to tell the truth. Mm -hmm. There's an awful price to pay. There are people who are very afraid They're afraid to lose their churches. They're afraid to lose their positions. And so they remain deeply closeted.
3: But what had been repressed would find a novel way to be expressed in sacred churchy vocals fused with secular club rhythms to form disco's gay anthems. The genre's divas, like Sylvester, the Queen of Disco, had all been raised in the church. Feel,
4: feel, feel. Sylvester, who was raised in the church of in christ just like me, had that tune, had those licks, had that sound, had that vibe, you know. He said to me one day, he said, it's amazing, Yvette. He said that the same people that turned me out, turned me out. I'll never forget it.
3: Peter Gomes, a dear friend of mine, once remarked that the whole foundation of the black church was propped up by women and gay men. How is it
4: that uh, a church that emerged out of a struggle for freedom? Mm -hmm would then indeed oppress its own members. Mm -hmm. If the black church is gonna survive, it is going to have to be welcoming to the whole entire black community. Because otherwise, there's not gonna be a church.
0: All right, Um, that was a very, very interesting clip. Um, Evan. So I know you spent a lot of your life in the black church, You even mentioned that the church in that clip, the highlight and you've visited you know, many times. So mm-hmm. kind of tell us kind of your story, your history, your, and, and why did you reach out to us and you felt that it was an important topic to talk
2: about? Well, what had happened was in my denomination, we're going through some some uh, discussions on the same uh, topic. And there was a guy that wrote a book uh, that was purported to have the first three chapters detailing the uh, evangelical church's interaction with uh, the homosexual community uh, in the history of our country. Uh, and uh, as I was reading that, I said, wait a minute, our church, the black church, uh, is a little different. We don't have the same look. Uh, and so, uh, and then of course, also, is the idea that the homosexual rights uh controversy or uh movement uh is a continuation if you will of the civil rights movement in some way shape or fashion and so uh as i uh you know process these thoughts i said you know what uh maybe this uh subject needs to be lifted up uh and talked about and discussed because it is uh something that is germane and just a characteristic of the black community and it is off code.
0: <laughs> 100%, I, I I related a lot to a lot of stuff in that video, especially the whole don't ask, don't tell thing. Um, mm-hmm. So can you talk about what your experiences were with you no know, kind of homosexuality within the black church, your experiences?
2: Uh, uh, yes, uh, my experience had to do with the fact that forever and ever churches and pastors are trying to get black men and get black men to come to church. Mm. Uh, They try to get black men involved in the programs. And it just seems that no matter how you pull or how you push, uh, they have a different agenda than uh, uh, spirituality in that context, at least. There may be some who are, are looking and searching for God in other ways, but for some reason, Uh, in terms of getting involved and really seeing the light, if you will, of uh, a relationship with God through Christ, uh, just difficult. And so the phenomenon of gospel music came along, and um, it was SAT, which means soprano, alto, and and tenor. Uh, And if you just have women in the church, you only get the two parts. And so along comes the gay guy uh, who... uh, can sing, and sometimes they can sing very well. Sometimes they're very gifted, as has been mentioned. They could play, and at times, and uh, just really gifted. And uh, so they come, and the pastor allows them to, to to take a part, and that usually will be like one or two people. But my problem came in when this whole phenomena started to grow, and you start to see a number of gay. So the, the gospel uh, is getting edged out by musical concerns, really strictly concerns about the music, not mm-hmm. discipleship. There's where the rub is. And also others, um, more ladies uh, who are interested in having a musical style that they can identify with that represents the black culture and their uh, their heritage, not interested in Christ, but just the black piece. Mm-hmm. and that is has been that was my experience that um, we're moving away from uh, the gospel and and really the center of worshiping God and what we're there for, and the search for for truth. And so uh, that's pretty much uh, been my experience. As a matter of fact, I actually left in a certain sense, the black church. Uh, behind that, Uh, because if you're not going to preach the gospel, I mean, I need to go to a place somewhere I can preach the gospel, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, I ended up in uh, in substituting the Doobie Brothers for my little gospel field, (laughs) but anyway...
1: (laughs) I think it's interesting that um, there's a number of issues conflated in in what you just said, that there weren't and and aren't enough Black men in church, and when you know for whatever reason, maybe, maybe it's your neighborhood, maybe it's a whole myriad of other you know questions or concerns that we can talk about on other episodes. Where are Black men within the Black church? But I think that issue. Along with the fact that um, a lot of times looking at the black style of worship or like black gospel worship and how it's presented, it, it needs to be presented in a certain way. And so rather than shift how we present our worship, which is for the public eye, we would accept someone who may be openly living in sin.
0: Exactly.
1: I don't know. I I just that's kind of kind of how it hits me. It's like, you know, there there at some point um, there came a time when, you know, we made a shift in our theology. We made a shift in our in our worship and saying, you know what, this is what it's going to take to either keep the doors of our church open or keep people coming back or whatever. So we're going to take this rather than go with what we might consider not so good worship. That Mm -hmm. still might be true worship. Yeah. And we're going to allow this sinful practice to come in. Um, I also think that it's interesting, the the church that was highlighted in the clip and the church that, you know, as Kevin mentioned, you had um, visited a few times or a number of times. Um Is a it's a very well known church. The Hawkins are very well known in Black gospel music. These aren't people who were like rogue and just you know we start our little church. No, the Hawkins, Tremaine Hawkins, um, Walter Hawkins, they are very very well known, and they aren't the only ones though to to either allow the sin of homosexuality to to be open in their church to. To um, You know Happen within their church I think um, Are you guys familiar with Donnie McClurkin mm-hmm.
4: yes.
1: yep. Donnie McClurkin has been Very open with his struggle um, With homosexuality and how he's walked Away from that lifestyle but I think The difference between His position and What we see in many black churches Is that he's openly repented And said no this is not the lifestyle for me This isn't what God has for me
0: Man, I've grown up. My experiences—I do remember a lot of men in the church who were very, you know, feminine. They were in the choir or they were the musicians, and um, it was kind of known, but nobody said anything. And to, I guess to their credit, they never like nobody brought a, brought a boyfriend in the church kind of deal. Um, but that type of lifestyle or that particular sin. I don't ever recall hearing a sermon on or anybody speak on. It It was just kind of like what the guy said in the video. It was really a don't ask, don't tell type of, type of thing. Um, and I going back to kind of what Evan said, I think when you look at the black church, the black church, the black, the experience of the black church is very theatrical, right? Uh, whether it's the preaching. There's two things you see out the church. Ooh, he showed the preach and ooh, they showed the tear it up, right? Yep. It is that <laughs> you know, it is the the, the the theatrical preaching and the theatrical singing. They mm-hmm. tow that song up, right? Mm-hmm. And so that kind of theatrical uh emotionalism is very appealing to the very charismatic gay community, right? And so you will see that a lot within black choirs because this thing about the black church, you've been to black church. You already know there's a rule. When your pastor goes to where to preach, the choir goes with him. All right. Always. And so, and so you go into all these different churches. Right. And then when a guest preacher comes to your church, he's bringing his choir. Yes, right. And so you get to see everybody. Right. And so it wasn't just your church. You saw it across the board in many different, you know, churches and choirs. Right. And so, just from that experience, I can relate very, very heavily to that opening clip that we talked about, that that we showed, that just kind of shows that experience. Um, so, so Evan, do you have kind of any kind of experiences? I know you kind of talked about you know, that's one of the reasons you left. What were you seeing that just really caused you to say, you know what, it's time for me to to move on?
2: Well, just the numbers. Uh, it was like just like maybe. It's like just one guy or one person here or there, mm-hmm. but when it seemed like they were coming in droves,
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's what I said. You know, this is not my scene.
0: Yeah, and and, and I'll say this too because I know we want people to come in droves. Yes, right, but Amen. for the right reasons, right, and yes. the right. We want people to come because they've realized the the weight of their sin and, and the, the, the greatness of who Christ is versus, you know, the sinfulness of the world, right? And so we want people to come in. We want to be welcoming to all, right? But we want people to come for the right reasons. And sometimes I think that gets lost, you know, even in the clip when, you know, she was saying you know, the black church doesn't embrace, uh, embrace all of the black community, it won't be a black church. Well, I would say if we do embrace every and everything within the black community, there won't be a black church. I won't be a church point. anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's kind of, you know, what I what I've seen.
1: You know, Kevin, I think you you hit on a good point. Like we do want people to come. Like Nobody's trying to shun people and be like, no, nah, you're not welcome here. Mm-hmm. And the power of the gospel when it goes forward should change you. Yes. You might come I, when I started going to youth group before I had ever like stepped into church, my friend told me we was going to a club. I went cuz I thought we was going to the club. <laughs> now I stayed because there was something else that kept me that drew me in. But what what I hear you saying is that people were coming and there was no transformation happening. That there was nothing to to transform their heart or their lifestyle there was actually just an appeal to the choir is that correct
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah sometimes
2: yeah. Um, the, the would, would actually when the choir stopped singing you was i would i think i, I would see people leave uh, <laughs> and uh, and you could tell the attitude of the singers once they were finished singing it was like you know uh, why am I here now? So, you know, the, the music is over. Uh, the preacher's not going to say anything. I'm not. I'm not here to be discipled. I'm not here to to uh, to uh, catch on to and touch the hem of his garment uh, in some sense, or to be challenged by the person of Christ or uh, God the Father or God the Holy Spirit. The, uh, th- those things uh, are to circum- around the circumference, not the center and and god needs to be the center he needs to Mm -hmm. be the focus of our worship and
0: uh yeah and 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 i I said theatrical earlier the one word i would use and this was a so i grew up in the choir my mom was in the choir so we were in the choir the one thing we battled was we know that the choir in a black church can be very performative right and so we have to stress that it's not about us you know, we we're up here to give God the glory and all the praise, but it was very, very performative. And you wanted to uh, do well, and you wanted to get the reaction from the crowd, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I said theatrical, and I think that's that's still a, a, a word, but I think performative, the, the risk or the temptation to perform, and that's what other, you say a lot of people, you know, they sung and they was kind of like, OK, why am I still here? Because their performance was over. Right. They were off the stage, you know, and especially in a large church with a large crowd. And you get that crowd going and everybody tell you how well you did and you sung that song. And, you know, it can be very prideful and 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 performative, you know, and that is one of the downfalls, I would say, of not having corporate worship. Right. Right. Hmm you know because in the black church it's not really corporate worship it is the choir is almost there to entertain to get everybody in the spirit it's kind of like the hype man before the preacher gets up Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um and so there is a natural element of that that can be very performed because you're not doing your job if you're doing your job right if the crowd isn't into it if if the congregation isn't you almost feel like you didn't you didn't do well. Like if somebody didn't job.
1: shout, if the yes. nurse didn't have to come over and put their <laughs> arms around you, and you, you know, you,
4: yeah.
1: no, then you didn't. But it's yeah. like it, it's so real. People will leave after you know the, we did we did our A and B selection, you know. Uh-huh. So now you y'all, I know y'all remember the A and B selection. People be asking, like, yeah, you gotta have your A and B selection. I don't know why we never went to see, but it was always an A and B selection. <laughs> And then how, okay, you mentioned that you left um, like the black church because of these things. How have you seen your, I, I, I'm assuming your denomination in church is more maybe white now. How, what like differences do you see between like a white church and a black church or a white denomination and a black denomination in handling the issues of homosexuality?
2: Well, first of all, it's different uh i've gone to a more a liberal question it was kind of accepted and uh mm-hmm. as a result of that uh couples would sit together not like the black church where you know they would come pretty much as individuals they wouldn't be in the you know like a couple in the church so that's once once one look but then there are uh, other looks whereas in terms of homosexuality i didn't i wasn't even aware that there was any in uh uh, a lot of conservative uh, uh, Churches so if there was There is sometimes I, I'm just Not aware of it uh, But the big Difference seems to be how they Would people would uh, in the Black church would re- evidently respect the Church by not coming in couples I guess versus In the white church mm. the, It was pretty much in your face We're, we're coming we're going to be You know this is, we're, this is who we are mm. And we're together and Um, we're, we're, we're not struggling with anything. We're, we're a couple. Um, and, um, but the other thing of course is, uh, the, the, with regard to theology, there's a more, I've understood that there's more of a focus on, uh, learning your religion through the music. And when I was growing up in the black church, our church did have. A two-sided kind of uh, thing, whereas the first part of the service was we did hymns, and maybe yeah. other churches, maybe Baptist churches, at, at a certain back back in the day, there was a part of the service which was meaningful, that actually included hymns, and there was a a, a reverence uh, in that part. Now, when you switched and the choir got up to sing. That was a different part of the service, but you had both. So you were able to get some theology and um, s- some music to, to to so that people could emote uh, so there was there were both. What was your experience? Was there both or just just yes. the-
0: yeah, I, I would say my experience, it was both because the part of the service you're talking about, we call it devotion, right? It was uh-huh. usually led uh-huh. by a Deacon right they would get out there and they would know lead a hymn and then they would do the prayer and you do the you know a charge to keep i don't know if y'all know about that 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 (laughs) that hymn that that they sing while somebody's praying over the hymn right um oh oh oh, it it is a scene it is it is something (laughs) to behold um but yeah yes i i experienced that that double you know side you know the first part is I can say traditional, but yeah, it's, it's, it's devotion, it's, it's hymns, it's devotion, it's prayer. And then, yeah, once you got into like the meat of the service and the choir took over, then that was kind of it. I will say this too, when it comes to just the music in general, because you're talking about one part was kind of theological and hymns, but the other part wasn't. And it is because gospel music to a degree, a lot of times is not very Christ centered. It's not really about Here we Jesus. Go. I'm just saying it, it's very, <laughs> it's, it's very testimonial, right? You know, and even sometimes I mean, it can be based on a particular scripture, but usually that, that scripture is usually having something to do with me being protected, me, you know, overcoming, you know, and and God is just kind of a protector and an overcomer, right? Mm-hmm. And we never really learn about, okay, who God is like God's holiness, God's righteousness, those types of words. And those type of emphasis are never there. So we determine who God is and what is it that God requires of us? Or what is it that God, um, loves? What is it that God hates? It's simply more of, I had a long week and I'm going to church to get my praise on and to kind of have this testimonial experience. Mm-hmm. You know, on a Sunday morning, and so I think the more you get away from that theological aspect, you get more towards the testimonial and emotionalism and theatrics and performative part. It opens the door for people who are living in sin mm-hmm. to kind of sit there and just enjoy the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's kind of that's kind of what I got. What you got, Mo?
1: I don't have no experience I never made it to devotional service I never I ain't gonna lie I wasn't that holy I did not make it to the devotional part of the service I got there just in time to make sure I could hear the choir
0: they so, do the so you, you would like the person no no you would like the person that goes to the HBCU football game right Grambling Southern and mm-hmm. you just got there for halftime you got there for the band for the performance and then you was out
1: Yes. Yeah, yes and if if I had a, a flavorful night the night before. I would just stick my little finger up and I'd make my way on out. I don't know why why do we have to put the finger up in order to go walk out? Y'all didn't have to do that?
0: Yes, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, to put the it's like the excuse me finger. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. You know what? Um I think you're you're onto something, Kevin, with the whole, you know, when when you aren't okay, let me say this. Because our music at can be very um testimonial or just you know a good shout and a good hand clap and it gets you in your emotions and things like that you aren't always learning the the about the righteousness of god or the characteristics of god and who god really is and that can open the door because people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get my church. on. I'm going to get my praise on knowing they just came from the club. I am not talking bad about these people because I used to at one time be one of those people. But, um, you know, you can there's a way in which you're never confronted with your sin. Mm-hmm. It's like I go to church and because I go to church, that's enough. Yeah. I'm never confronted on my sin. And if I'm not confronted on my sin, then there's really no transformation. And so for me, I guess the question is, is the issue of homosexuality, is it there because they're not being confronted on their sins? There's no call for transformation. Or is it more of a thing of like, well, black churches, we really just don't care. And like if you gay and you want to you know, continue in that lifestyle, we just accept that.
2: Yeah, I'll let Evan mm. answer that. Oh my goodness, um, that's kind of, <laughs> of a hard one because I don't think any, I don't think we know the answer to that question. Mm. Uh, I think we have to talk to a number of pastors uh, actually, uh, who are uh, who would uh, allow it to go on and find out what what is the thinking when you are allowing um, uh, young gay men to participate in the program and not confront them about their lifestyle. And um, so what's in the head there and how do they see the? Uh, I think the most usual thing I'm, I've always heard was that they if they're in the church, eventually it's gonna rub off. Yeah, because they're yeah. there and they'll hear the gospel and 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 because if they're out there in the street, as long as they're in the church, there's a chance that uh, when the word goes forth,
4: Mm-hmm.
2: They will hear it, their hearts will be convict, changed, con- ch- convicted and changed, and then they'll go on the road uh, to following Christ. But seems like that wait is kind of like a long wait uh, for some folks because if you're if you're doing things a certain way and you like it and this is this church service is just enhancing what you've already got going on, why should I change?
1: Yes. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was interesting that you mentioned in your email to us was that you've seen more non-Christians or um, secular people in not imbibing, but approving of gospel music more than they're they're actually separating themselves from gospel music do you think that it's because kind of like what we're saying like the the, the there's just a space there's there's a almost like a commingling of the gospel music and the cultural music like i'm not really sure what sparks that because i don't feel like Many people are, you know, wanting to commingle with Hillsong. People don't want to co-mingle with, you know, <laughs> your your more contemporary music, but there is definitely a co-mingling. Like you can go to the BET Awards, and I've seen it at the B.E.T. Awards, everybody can sing Tamil Man's song. Everybody can sing, you know, some um, what's her name? Yolanda Adams. But if we were to put up a like contemporary artist, um, contemporary artist is just another way of saying white music, or like a white Christian artist. Yes. Yeah, yeah. um, you know, yeah. I don't think anyone would would know those songs, and I don't know if it's because maybe that's just not their style of music, or if there's a breakdown between like the wall of the church and the culture where we just kind of intermingle and free flow between each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll give my thoughts on that one, because I think the answer is because usually all of those secular singers came out of the church. Mm. They were typically raised in the church. They start singing for the first time in the choir. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they come of age and they go out to the world and, you know, they go into the secular world and they become R&B singers, but they never lose the gospel church. You know, they never lose the gospel music. They still love it. They still take part of it. Some of them even release gospel albums. While they're doing their other stuff, you know, I know Michelle Williams when she was with, you know, Destiny's Child, she had a gospel album come out. Yep. But she was still the next week on stage with Destiny's Child in skimpy clothes and, you know, shaking her tail. Mm-hmm. So it it's just one of those things of no matter what I do, God is with me type of mentality, right? Because uh, that's what our music tells us, you know. Uh, when I was at my lowest, you know, and that's usually not. Low point of breaking of my sin is usually the lowest point of whatever's going on in my life. God was with me. It's just, God's just like this encouraging person who comes alongside you and carries you, you know, on and gives you strength to carry on. Uh, but never to repent of your sin or your lifestyle or anything like that. He's he's not, he's not, God doesn't judge, right? He's it's not a judgmental thing, he's just there to love you. And so I think the reason we see so many um sick black secular artists know and relate to gospel music because they came out of the church and they still relate to it right and so um there really isn't a separation like i said you, you have artists that make both
1: albums you know um so you've mentioned twice about the the connection between um the civil rights movement and kind of like where we see ourselves today. Um, I, I appreciated your point of, you know, gospel music emerging right around the same time as the civil rights movement. One of the things that, that I think we've noticed over the last decade or so, if not more, is this hitching of the LGBTQ plus agenda to the back of the civil rights movement. Do you think that the, because of the black church's struggle and acceptance and it, with it, within the civil rights movement, that that conversation of LGBTQ plus and homosexuality is accepted because it's also seen as a civil rights issue?
2: Oh, most definitely. Uh, by uh, LGBTQ movement itself, uh, I believe they to Uh, one, consider their movement one of struggle, one of uh, having to deal with injustice, uh, being, uh, people being prejudiced against them, and uh, enduring um, because of who they are. And so there is this connection of, you know, they're hitching their cart to uh, the civil rights movement. And uh, of course, the question is, is it legitimate? And uh, and that's the problem. It's a lot of a lookalike stuff going on here. A lot of the idea of gay marriage—it it, it looks like the real thing. Uh, it's and so because they borrow from things that are legitimate, I think that the whole uh, movement and the whole community is is able to get a pass from the from the, from the culture.
1: I think that's that's really helpful um you know like getting a pass from the culture i think or it makes me wonder of makes me wonder how many within the black church are getting a pass in being homosexual or participating within the, the lifestyle of homosexuality and participating in that sin because it's hitched on to the civil rights movement because if I had to fight for the struggle, you know, to be black, and then you get that conversation of I was born this way, the same way you were born black, I was born homosexual or gay. Now we get the same, the same fight. And now the the church must or should stand with me and fight and understand that, you know, it's the same fight. It's kind of like
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I'll say, too, because of the way the church handles some of the stuff, uh, whether it's slavery or, um, you know, we've talked about the black, even the black church was slow to the civil rights fight. Right. So it's kind of one of those things of they kind of play the, the card of well, if you were wrong on that, then you could be wrong on this. Right. And so they try to legitimize themselves. They try to critique the church based on the church's past failures to justify you know, their current movement. It's all about attaching yourself to something that is legitimate to legitimize your own movement. Uh, we see it with, I know that this show is not about that, but we see it with BLM as well, or the current social justice movement is always trying to attach itself to the civil rights movement because that's something that's legitimized. It's something that was legit. And so if you can attach yourself to that, you automatically give your own movement legitimacy. And we definitely see that with the LGBTQ movement within the church. Um, and I doesn't I don't think that it helps either that the black church is so tied to the Democratic Party that is so tied to the LGBTQ lobbyists, right? So it's kind of a convergence of interest going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the question is, will black preachers preach on it? Will they stand against it? Will they speak up against it? when the politician they're telling their church to vote for is promoting it. Yes, that's a good point. You know, so I think it's a a lot of layers to this as to why we see so much of it in the Black church and so much silence on it within the Mm -hmm. Black church.
1: Evan, how have you seen or do you think that the Black community is weakened as a result of... um, Black pastors not speaking into the issue of homosexuality boldly.
2: Well, there's the scripture, and then there's what you see in terms of how people uh, uh, actually live out their lives. If there's a contradiction, and that's what you get so 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 much is uh, that people don't like is a contradiction. Well, this the Bible says this, and you're living like like that uh so something is missing in this picture how can i give my life to christ how can i uh be uh consumed with god if there's there doesn't seem to be a place where uh you know he's really alive in my context where 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 i'm living in this context or this church uh so yeah i do see there's a Whenever you don't have one thing and another thing lining up together and um, m- making sense of the scriptures by how we live uh, uh, or how we uh, approach a problem, that's a, that, that in itself is a, provides a weakness. Um, because if you're about the gospel and then there's no real representative of what s- that sacrifice is all about, uh it makes it hard for someone to you know catch a fire uh if you will
1: hmm. Yeah, i think um i mean in in any context you know one of the things i do want to mention is that homosexuality is a sin and um it is a sin just as there are many other sins and um you know, if we if we leave out or have a truncated gospel um, message or a truncated theology in regards to sin, then, yes, the communities will be weakened because we don't have the fullness of the gospel message. We don't have the fullness of of the the Christian faith or Christian theology. So I completely agree. I see that. um you know, in, in the area of like homosexuality or the area that you mentioned earlier, you know, black men in the church. We can't negate these issues. We can't not talk about them. These are issues that the gospel actually has an answer to.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the idea of the church within the church. Of course, going to church and uh, being a part of a community for some people, it has to do with going to church. But there's a church within the church. And that church is the people of God, and that's what people need to see. They need to see the people of God, the love of of Christ for the people that, that are struggling with homosexuality, the love of Christ um, in terms of cross dealing with across our racial lines. It's 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 who Christ is, and who when you decide when you decide I'm going to uh, humble myself and become uh, uh, obedient to what wor- wor- the word of God and be under the word of God. If we can't get the church people to be under the God's word, uh, then uh, we really are going to have a hard time forming a real church. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean the, the church that you see where people in it, I'm talking about the people who are connected uh, by the love of Christ in ways that cause them to sacrifice for each other. And to uh, and to be involved at at the uh, homeless uh, center and uh, the food pantry and uh, giving of themselves, uh, it's it's the love of Christ that uh, that that is really what uh, and and supporting each other in these contexts, and and then Christian teaching so that we're discipled. We're we're and, and I think that that's the real part. Preaching in the black churches can be good, but it's when we get back to the part of discipleship (laughs) that is where the need comes in and needs to be taken seriously. And I'm not sure if there's a component in worship that uh, resonates, if you will, with good discipleship. Uh, Music ought to come out of discipleship. More Mm gospel music, Uh, if you're you're really uh, growing in Christ, People should be writing songs. It should yeah. be vibrant uh, uh, because of that real lived out experience uh, uh, in in uh, in in the church. Yeah, Man.
0: yeah, that that's 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 really good. I want I want to ask your thoughts on something, Evan, because you you t- you touched on it earlier. Um, the lack of black men in the church. Do you believe there's a certain element? of kind of a feminization of the church, you know, kind of the way we describe the emotionalism of everything, mm-hmm. the, the fact that the, the pastor can be a very strong single power figure in the church that a lot of men will have issue with, uh, what, why do you think that it's so hard for the black church to kind of reach out and really For black men to embrace the black church?
2: Um, I think men need a challenge in a certain sense. Uh, If they're not challenged, uh, uh, they're going to go somewhere else. If it's in knowing who God is, challenge them. Uh, I'd say that. also, the music, if we had music that I think that unsadly Black men are even attracted to Islam more because, again, it seems to be more about devotion in a more quiet way. And, and that we don't have that particular piece of uh, uh, the dignity uh, of uh, a, a king's court. When you go in to see a king, uh, it's very formal. And the, and the formality and the seriousness, for example, of the military even, that's the kind of thing that, for some reason, men relate to. I'm, I'm, I'm talking off the top of my head, but there's there needs to be not just the emotive side, but there needs to be the side where the theology gets taken seriously and not just to get a devotional service off the way, because that's all what seems like what we do but there will always be a seriousness about uh, him. Uh, and because of my experience. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's,
0: man, that, that is a good, that's, that's good insight. That, that's a good point. Um, yeah. Men need to be challenged and, and, and there, there's, there's a lack of reverence to a service a lot of times to where, you don't get that, as you said, coming into a king's court type of feeling. Um, and I do think, yeah, you man, know, you mentioned Islam and, you know, being a tra- men, black men being attracted to Islam. And I think it is a lot of, especially within Islam, it challenges you to be a man to a degree that a lot of times that element is missing a lot of times within the church. Um, sadly, you know, you mentioned the word discipleship a lot. That is oftentimes missing, you know, that challenging of men to, to, you know, do better, to step up, to be a man. What is a man supposed to be according to the word of God and then living up and challenging men to be that, um, I do think that we would get more of a response if, if that was more of the approach than the emotionalism the performance of things that really do attract a lot of women and it attract a lot of gay men as as you as they said in the clip and that is that is really really true um yeah go ahead mo
1: i was gonna say i think um this takes us all the way back to the beginning of where are the black men in church so you're gonna be drawn to kind of like what what you're drawn to or or the things that you like and like as a as a woman there are things that i like but it's it's not always the things that a man would like it's there are different needs Mm -hmm. um so when i think about the way that a, a service a church service is set up or who's doing the announcements who's leading you know who is um who is the pastor is my pastor a female pastor um which i don't don't even i'm not saying that I just don't even. I'm just asking the question. Um <laughs> but you know th- I think those are the things when you get into like some of these storefront churches or um you know little churches that are on the corner in some inner cities and even in some, you know, larger churches, it still has a very feminine feel to it. It's still, um, all the way down to the way, to the way we clap. Like when we, when we hitting like this, no, I'm sorry. I am sorry, man, <laughs> man. I don't, I you know, if I walk, when, when you walk into the church and you know, you know, cause they, the way they clap. You know it's you laughing cuz you know it's true. Know. You got the net going and then and then you start to shout and all that. Yeah. You got it. like we have to remember who our leaders are and I've said this before. I'll say it again. This is something that I have definitely had to learn and grow into. But in the church, God has set up things according to sex to a degree and yeah. so how are we allowing the church to be led um and i think when when we are out of pocket on leadership everything else is out of pocket when we are out of pocket on leadership and we don't have a strong male voice sin get to come in and play around because who gonna buck up against it
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's like that's like sending in the taliban into a house full of women and being like say something like we can't we we there sin is nothing to play with and yet when we become out of order in our church services we basically give door or make way for the enemy to walk through our doors and to play around in our churches and this goes down from the worship to those in leadership to um who is presenting to all of these other things i really would say that you know um, looking at the issue of homosexuality in the black church is a real issue we need to, to sit down and clean house and that's not to be like we, <clears throat> excuse me we just throw people to the curb but we need to sit down and clean house and be like look this is a sin and how are we, are we tolerating sin in our churches any sin because just because this person might be struggling with the, the sin of homosexuality the other person got their hand in the collection plate
0: mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's kind of time for kind of some final thoughts. And Evan, you kind of gave some last time, but what are, what are the ways for that you believe that we, we, that we can take as the, what can the black church do? What changes need to be made?
1: That's a good question. Yeah.
0: You know, to, to move in a better direction.
2: Um, Of course, number one, I I would say, would be prayer. Uh, uh, Prayer and people who are serious getting together and praying. And then finding that the nucleus, creating a nucleus of men before you go live with with church. Have enough men who are disciples, who know the scriptures uh, well enough, such that when the church's challenge with someone who is not walking with Christ or uh, who is not doing what he's supposed to do should not be allowed to, first of all, be involved in ministry. Choir position is a ministry position. If you look in the Old Testament, you find that the Scriptures uh, certain men were called out, uh, certain groups of, of 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 people were called out to do the music. And it was a ministry because those people were a part of the praise of God. And it was a serious thing. It was they were in the presence of God. And God's presence would actually come down, uh, his glory in, in in the in the church or in the temple. Uh so uh first of all, I'd say that yes, prayer, uh, and and then uh getting together with uh some uh, materials that will allow a person to understand what the scripture is communicating to me about who Jesus Christ is. If we really know who Jesus is and um, our lives are centered around him, uh, then everything else becomes on your way to that. And so the bottom line is to build upon truth. And to say to people, what we have is a foundation that is the truth. We need a foundation that is not crooked. There's nothing wrong with your home. If every three years you have to get it fixed because of the cracks in the wall. If you have a flat, a good foundation, you can build something on it. The foundation that we know and that the church is presenting is the truth in the Word of God. So we need to go back to the Word of God, get a foundation, let nothing come before the foundation, which is the truth of God's Word.
1: Amen. Amen, for sure, for sure. Thank you so much for being with us and having this conversation.
2: It was my pleasure.
1: I definitely appreciate it. And um, just want to encourage people to follow us on Facebook, on YouTube at Center for Biblical Unity. Um, You can check out our website, Center for Biblical And until next time, this has been Off Code. Talk to you later.